What's going on, family? I am Edgar Otra Vez, and I am bringing you another episode of the Flow Roll Podcast. In this episode, I have my co-host and MMA enthusiast, El Lechuga, and we're going to be doing a recap of Fight Night 188. We're also going to be talking about the upcoming fights, UFC ESPN 31, on Saturday, December 4th. One other thing we're going to add to the end of this is we're going to talk about rising star Hamza Chimaev. Now, if you're new to the show and you want to find out more about the Flow Roll Podcast, you can go to our website, theflowrollpodcast.com. There, you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes and a store where you can get some merchandise get yourself a t-shirt some wall art and more also make sure you follow us on instagram under the name the flow roll going back to the show we get really deep into it it's great to finally have somebody on the show that i could talk about mma with i love fighting i just love it i love it all anyway i hope you like the episode and on with the show that sounds ridiculous to me i thought it was a decent card I, li- I enjoyed some of those fights. I didn't think it was like stellar, you know. Yeah. But it's just like. <sighs> okay. Okay. So anyway, here well, we go. Go ahead. All right. So, <laughs> uh, welcome to another episode of the Flow Road Podcast. This is Edgar Otra Vez, and today on the show I have my co-host El Lechuga, our MMA, our resident MMA spokesman and uh, uh, co-host. So, uh, how you doing, Lechuga? Oh, I'm doing well. I got a promotion. I'm you a spokesman a- now. I'm a <laughs> spokesman for MMA. Well, well, yeah, oh, yeah, just on this platform. I'm not yeah. <laughs> we gotta get some checks from Dana soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you know, flying off the cuff, I gotta find the words. I'm gonna. I'm gonna yeah. Do- dive into the thesaurus and find the correct uh, terms uh, to apply M- here. <laughs> MMA enthusiast. MMA enthusiast is probably best, right? Yes. Yeah. I don't know about spokesman. Uh, it sounds like you belong on a, on a box of Wheaties or something. Or Yeah, yeah I'm know. okay with that. <laughs> so Finally you, make my dad proud. There you go. Ay, <laughs> mijo's doing, doing MMA. He's a spokesman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so you were telling me that, okay, so we're going to be doing a recap of, um, fight night 198 was it Vieira versus, uh, Tate. Yeah. And, uh, we're also going to be talking about the USC on ESPN 31 with font versus Aldo and whatever other topics that may come up, but you were telling me that people hated the 198 card. Tate versus Vieira yeah. is <laughs> around the internet, you know, on Twitter and subreddits <laughs> and other podcasts is being referred to as the worst fight night card of all time. The worst? Yes, the worst. But and okay, I watched the whole card. I, I enjoyed the fights. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I didn't. I mean, it wasn't like knocking my socks off, especially after the couple of cards that we've had recently. But like, it wasn't fucking awful. I mean, what what was what what was the metrics or the ideas that these people were saying that made it so bad? Well, the entire card had one finish and I believe nine decisions. Uh huh. So that's people tend to tune out for that. Oh, come and like, on. and how we we talked about it in the last pod that it did seem like the UFC kind of just threw a bunch of these leftover fighters into this card just to get them a fight out of yeah. their contract kind of a thing. Um, and it kind of, it played out that way a bit. 
it was a bunch of fighters going up against other fighters where both of them are not known for finishing fights. Mm. Like it was a bunch of people that routinely go to decisions in their fights. So it was kind of shaping up to be what it turned out to be. And then, I mean, there's the meathead thing still to it where rarely do fights headlined by female fighters do really good. And especially when you have, you know, Misha Tate coming back, uh, not quite where she used to be. And then a newer fighter in Vieira. So I could see, I could see why people either didn't watch it or the ones that did watch it were pretty disappointed with what they saw. Dude, I, that's, that shit, that shit just bothers me, man. Like, first yeah. of all, uh, that was a decent fight. I, I think what happened with Vieira was that she had like a really long reach. She was a powerful fighter, which I knew like mm-hmm. coming in that she would be like just trying to overwhelm Tate with her power. Her reach, I guess, was really a factor. But Tate, the, okay, well, let's, let's, let me talk about what, what was going on. I think that one thing that stuck out to me that Tate could have done a little differently that would have changed the fight for her was she, she did, I think, everything right except for the fact that she kept her hands out too wide. Mm-hmm. So she, like, she, all she needed was to tighten those hands up. I don't really know why that strategy was part of her game, like why she stood like that. But if she would have just put those hands a little closer, she, I think, would have avoided all that damage she got to her face because she got beat up pretty good. Yes. She was, uh, I mean, she was covered in blood yeah. by the end of the fight. Yeah. She looked like a mess. And I think it's part of the reason the decision didn't go her way. So as we should say, uh, Vieira won in a decision. Uh, unanimous decision but it was a toss-up i thought it was a toss. i wouldn't have been upset with either one of these uh women winning the fight but tate looked really messed up while Vieira looked fine yeah and it just you know by looks alone you're going to be like oh okay so she lost the fight yeah and i think that's a huge part because you're right Uh, when it comes to the judges appearance and and damage received that is a huge factor in in judging fights and Tate looked like she got battered pretty good. Although I had her winning the fight. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it was a really close fight. I'm not surprised she lost it. And honestly, I don't want to see her fight anymore. And not because... Oh, wow. She, okay. Not because I think she's a bad fighter. I like seeing her fight. I think she did well in the fight. I think she did a lot of things right. In my eyes, I thought she won. But I think her head's in a different place. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's my opinion. You know, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one, then they stink. But like, yeah, and you're gonna show us yours. I'm gonna show you mine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like it's just like uh, I I just think that her head's not in the game anymore. She seemed to kind of be doing it just for fun. That's mm-hmm. cool, but she doesn't have the hunger for the fight anymore. She's got other avenues of income now. She should go and do those things. She, don't get me wrong. I think she was a fantastic. I think it was, she did fantastically. I don't see the problems that people have with the fight. Uh, I think she could have just held her hands a little closer. I think the fight would have been different. I mean, there. I'm sure there are other things, but I just don't see her uh, fighting anymore because she doesn't need it anymore. You know, I, I have a lot of the same thoughts. And it's weird that she came back to begin with because during that layoff, 
she talked a lot about how she no longer had that hunger for uh, fighting or for MMA, how she felt like that fire had kind of been extinguished. She didn't really have like that urge to get back in the ring or in the octagon. And then out of nowhere, suddenly over the last year or so, I suppose it came back. But that's really that's rare. It's very rare for any athlete in any sport to be eyeing retirement and be able to put themselves back in the mindset of a contender after that. Like once you start thinking about retiring, it's time to retire. And rarely do they ever come back and look like who they used to be. Yeah. I think even GSP, when he came back, even though he did well, he isn't what he used to be. He did well. Mm -hmm. and I mean, he beat Bisbing, right? But again, that's another guy. He like, came, got his belt, and he left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? that fight, it was tailor-made for him to win that. So I don't know if he'd be coming back if any one of those other contenders was champion at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, I mean, look at how much money GSP has left on the table. He could have fought Khabib for whatever amount of money. They, they could have said, give us 100 mil, and the UFC probably would have paid that. Or the same thing if you want to fight McGregor. That fight, both those fights were just sitting there and GSP didn't come back for either one of them. I don't, I, I mean, I think, I think GSP is too big for McGregor. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know, maybe uh, Khabib fight with uh, GSP would have been interesting. Although oh, yeah, I, that one, of course. I think the GSP would have lost that. Although, again, I think Khabib might be too small for him too. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's an interesting matchup, and I think if they're they were fighting in their primes, I, I would GSP wins. I think oh, GSP sure. wins nine out of ten times. But GSP today versus the Khabib of today, then I don't know. You know? Yeah, yeah. And Khabib is another one. He's like, I'm done. Yeah. And they're like, here's all this money, and he's like, No, I'm done. No, I'm good. Yeah. And I was just like, What the fuck? <laughs> like, like he's still pretty young. Like he could have a long. He can still have another few years in the tank, like mm-hmm. not just a few, but like quite a few. And he doesn't want to do it. But I, I think the other thing, too, is like his dad is had passed away. Right. So. Oh, yeah. So I think that, that has a lot to do with it. That's had a huge impact on his life and the direction he's decided to take it. If anything, he's kind of decided to take um, his dad's place when it comes to uh, wrestling and Sambo and MMA training in Kazakhstan and um, or Dagestan, sorry, and becoming the new role model and coach for all these fighters that are coming up. And as a coach, uh, Habib is currently undefeated. So he's very much taken up where his father left off. Nice. Yeah. And I mean, if he's happy there, because in the end, like he's an interesting cat. Yeah, he is. He's a very interesting cat. Cause he's just like, you know, I'm going for what fulfills me. Maybe not necessarily mm-hmm. that makes him happy, but what fulfills him. And he's, you know, he's done with the fighting. That's, it's admirable. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird for me because I mean, like, show me the money. Fuck it, I'll do it. Yeah, and I'll take a few Dude. more punches to the face. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, Habib's a very wealthy man. He owns his own his own uh, MMA organization now in Russia. Oh wow! And I didn't know that. Yeah, he's got his own, and he's, he has it partnered with the UFC. So. He, it, they're trying to make it more into like kind of a feeder system into the UFC and it's working um, out. I mean, they've gotten, I think three guys out of his organization, at least onto the Dana white contender series or into Bellator and other places, but he's doing really well. He's doing the rounds on media and podcasts and stuff. I don't know if you saw him when he went on the Mike Tyson podcast. 
I saw it, but I didn't. I didn't actually watch it. What was that like, dude? Uh, Mike Tyson smokes too much weed now. <laughs> that's what that's like. It was. It was not good, and you could tell how disillusioned Habib was because uh, Mike Tyson was his hero. He talked about how like him and his father would stay up until like four a.m. because of the time difference to watch Tyson fights growing up. And how like he would get mad that the Tyson fights would end so soon. He want because that's how much he had looked forward to those fights, yeah. and they'd be they'd be done and around, you know. Yeah. And he kept trying to ask Mike Tyson like these insightful questions about when he was a fighter and now post fight. And Mike Tyson was just like in another galaxy. <laughs> like his answers <laughs> made no sense. He was just stumbling and stuttering, and then. Khabib would ask him about one thing and it'd be like you were talking to a kid with AD with ADHD or something. Uh, and Mike Tyson would just be like, um, oh, look at that weird thing or something like it just go off into another thing. And by the end of it, like it looked like Khabib didn't even want to look in his direction. Oh, wow. Yeah, man, it was a train wreck, but it was, you know, it was an interesting train wreck. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to look anyway, right? Yeah. Oh man, dude, that's that's too bad because I like listening to that podcast. Um, it's a good podcast. It's a good it's a good podcast. Every now and then he'll drop he'll drop some like really deep, insightful stuff because mm -hmm. he's he's become such an interesting character. I've mentioned this before in in other episodes where he is, you know, before he was this feared monster, right? And now he's like this sage, yep. you know sitting on top of the mountain just dropping wisdom to all who come in you know find him it's just yeah he's become so introspective um and i don't know it's kind of he's had an, an absurd life for sure <laughs> he made more money than anyone ever has off boxing he lost all of it he went from hanging out with nothing but supermodels and celebrities ruling the world you know kind of a thing and to being super humbled I, I don't know. And then working his way back to the top, it's kind of nuts. Yeah. It's really interesting and really kind of, um, I don't know, good to see him where he's at now because that guy, I mean, starting from where he started, like mm -hmm. in the Bronx, poor, you know, in the hood, all that stuff. And then getting, you know, coming out of there and then becoming the youngest champion, you know, yeah, it's just, he would like, getting you're right getting thrown in jail, all that stuff. It, he's, he's his book that he has. I've been reading it or listening to it because I got it on tape. I've been listening to it for, I don't know, a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. And it's just hard to get through because it's so mm -hmm. sad, dude. Yeah. There's so much sadness in that dude's life. So to see him in a good spot now, it's it's encouraging. But it's really too bad that that Khabib was, or Habib, or he, that he just didn't <laughs> want to be there anymore. Cause I, I would have loved, I would love to be on that dude's podcast, no matter how high. He oh is, yeah, man. You know? Well, it, just think about that. Like, imagine if you got to sit in on that specific podcast, <laughs> yeah, Mike Tyson, Habib and triple C, like just the amount of fight knowledge in one room is insane. Yeah. But one guy is totally checked out blasted into outer space <laughs> oh, dude that's too bad yeah but anyway so going back to the card so then mm -hmm. you're saying that people hated it because there were people too many hated this card too many yeah. decisions 
Mm-hmm. To the point where I'm worried only like four people are going to listen to this podcast when they see like the subject line. <laughs> They're like, fuck that podcast. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, like I, I love MMA yet. Most of the fights on this card are just a blur in my memory right now. Yeah. Like, I would have are. to pull up the stats. Cause I don't even remember what happened. There's, there's three fights that really stand out to me mm-hmm. that I, I'd like to go over if you want, if you'd like to. Yeah, let's do but, it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think the UFC kind of set this card up to fail. Is what it feels like. Well, it, it definitely felt like a filler, but I think, like you're saying, it, it it was there to fill a role, and one of those things was to get some people, some fights to fulfill contracts. The other thing is to kind of boister up some some of the newer talent mm-hmm. uh, against some of these, you know, more you know experienced people, right? That are probably on the way out, right? So, like both these. Well, like every card or every fight on the card almost was like you have somebody coming down and somebody coming up mm-hmm. and the fights kind of played out that way. You know, like the like Wood versus uh, Talia Santos. That was Santos. actually the only finish the entire card. That was the only finish. Submission. Mm-hmm. And that like the moment I started seeing that play out, I'm like, oh, this is not going to go good for Wood. I know. And she's so nice. She's so nice. <laughs> And that yeah. little Scottish accent to hers. Yeah. But it's just like, um, she's always been a stiffer fighter, but always a mm-hmm. boxer, right? Yes. Yeah. And uh, she doesn't have the explosiveness that Santos had. No. And the moment I saw that playing out, I was just like, ooh, this is. And she, and Santos has like a Muay Thai back- background. Mm-hmm. And I just saw it play out. And I was just like, this is not going to go well. And yeah. And she finished. She finished her in the first round, right? And I was just like, dude, that's really too bad. Because, again, don't like seeing some of my favorite people get finished like that. You know, there was another fight that perfectly embodies what you just described or was like a young up-and-comer on their way up and an older fighter that might start to go on their way down. Yeah. And that was the, the Davy Grant versus Giannis fight. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that one. I think that was probably the best fight of the entire card. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I think it actually won fight of the night. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, man. That Because Yanez is one of their, like, brightest, shining, young prospects right now. Uh, I believe he's undefeated. No, he's not undefeated, but I think he's, like, on an 8-0 win streak right now. Um, has just really, really great... Uh, technique when it comes to his boxing and how neat everything is and clean everything is. And then you have Davey Grant that's been around for, you know, a long time. Uh, both of these guys are great guys too. Like I, I wouldn't mind sitting down and having a beer with any of these dudes, but Grant was just throwing like the wildest shit throughout this fight. I think he attempted maybe three or four like spinning helicopter back fists, <laughs> you know, just like absolutely balls to the wall, doing whatever he could. And it was a decision. It was a controversial decision, but I'll get to that in a sec. But Giannis won. And I think a lot of it was because of how crisp his technique was throughout the fight. Mm. But you saw like so much of the potential that he has. Oftentimes Giannis gets compared to like a young Jorge Masvidal. And I could kind of see that with the way he strikes and the way he uses his boxing. I don't remember that fight. I don't think I watched it. I think I might have skipped over it. That might be the one fight I didn't see. It was... uh, the first one of the main card. Okay. So maybe I skipped yeah. over it because like, like you said, some of these fights were, you know, kind of forgettable, right? It's too bad, but 
Man, dude. So tell me more about this Giannis kid. So how old is he? Uh, Adrian Giannis. Uh, he's 27. Trains out of Metro Fight Club. But the guy looks like he improves every single one of his fights. Hmm. If you get the chance next time he fights, you should really check him out. The way he just strings together his combinations and the striking is just so crisp. He's got a fantastic jab. It's so quick. It's so clean. It's a, it's a real weapon because it really keeps the other fighter from stringing too much together because that jab just comes right at you and it, and it, may, it does damage. And his kicks are pretty good. They're not, he doesn't throw them with a ton of power, but they're crisp and they get him points and they do just enough to either mess up the other fighter's leg or keep him at a distance that Giannis would prefer them at. Yeah. I, I mean, the guy, I, he wasn't ranked, but I think he will be after this fight. So cool. Like the, the one I remember the most is uh, the Ronnie Yaya fight versus uh, Kyung Ho Kong. And oh okay yeah like that one because that was that was a lot there was a lot of stuff on the ground there and i remember like being really interested in like what he was doing what he was trying to do etc because i mean um you know a lot of jujitsu i like to watch some of that you know and mm-hmm. i could see where some people were like no nah, i don't want to see the ground fighting <laughs> stuff because some <laughs> people don't understand it right uh yeah and uh so maybe maybe that was another one of those that kind of like turned people off. And what did was, you have going in? Uh, you know, I don't, I, you know, I knew Yaya a little bit. I didn't know too much about Kang, so I didn't have anybody going in. I didn't really, I didn't really have a lot of calls on who were gonna win, who was gonna win what. But I did have, I did think that Tate was gonna win her fight, and I was wrong about that. Um, that's right you did call that i did call that and i was just like damn man because i was like i don't know i i figured that she was gonna have the experience to kind of carry over or win mm-hmm. but i mean like i said Vieira's too too long and too strong it was weird because Vieira was landing her significant strikes and they were doing a ton of damage but she wasn't throwing a lot of them and then when they asked her about it afterwards i think dc asked her why didn't you throw it more? She said she was scared of the takedown from Tate. Mm. So if Tate had just, like you said, brought her hands in closer, she could have avoided a lot of those strikes and probably won the fight actually decisively, but she didn't. It was, I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, it, it is too bad. So uh, any other thoughts on this card? Uh, the only other fight that I was looking forward to was the Michael Chiesa fight versus Sean Brady. Yeah. that I thought that one was an upset. I had Kiesa going in because I just thought he'd be too big. The guy's so big for his division. He's really good at grappling. Sean Brady going in, I mean, he likes to take people to the ground. So I thought, you know, Kiesa would have been able to stop that, done enough and had better striking against him standing up. But Sean Brady just overpowered him. He outgrappled him. Once he got him down, he would get him into these body triangles, keep him down almost the entire round. And... Did more than enough for the unanimous decision. It was an upset. Yeah, I, I again, that's another one that I didn't know too much about. Because, I, I mean, I know Kiesa. I didn't know anything about Brady. Uh, yeah, I do remember the body triangles being quite... Those things suck, dude. Like, first off, <laughs> I don't know if you ever had one of those locked on you. They suck. Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> to be sitting there, you can't expand your ribcage. No. So, you're, you're suffocating. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I never did MMA. 
but you know you have the wind being sucked out of you mm-hmm. and then on top of that you got someone punching you in the face and trying to choke yeah. you and, and the funny thing is is like you're listening to the commentary and they're like well he's got to address the body triangle he's got to mm-hmm. take the body triangle off of him so that he can try to escape and so i'm like i'm listening and i'm thinking yeah sure that makes sense yeah take the body triangle so he and then just as he said it just as dc said it he goes to take the body triangle off of him right so yep. the moment he takes his hands he puts his hands down he starts he starts getting whacked in the face mm-hmm. and then getting choked and then yeah. dc's like it's funny because then dc's like well you see then this, this happens you know you know they start choking him <laughs> i'm like no shit. like that's why he can't address the fucking body triangle because exactly. he puts his hands on those legs you know they're gonna go up top and start messing with him up here and so it was interesting because you know, i was like oh so like i'm watching i started watching kiesa see like to see how he addressed the body triangle and it it just it looked like to me that it just got to a point where brady couldn't hold on to the body triangle anymore and not, Brady not, has a bad tank man yeah <laughs> that's another reason why i thought he would lose is he, oh, he, he gasses out well i don't think it was like like he i don't know if he maybe lost like he had some um lactic acid buildup in his legs mm-hmm. or i don't know I, it just seemed like he just let go because mm-hmm. kiesa was moving too much and mm-hmm. and the the it caused too much of a strain on his feet to so like he had to let it go but then he locked it right back on you know yep. like he threw it right back on and i was just like damn that thing sucks you know so like <laughs> all i could think about is like that that right there must suck like you know you're getting the shit kicked out of you you can't breathe it's just like you know and it's just like to me it's always kind of funny to hear some of the commentary because uh dc is no scrub dc knows what it's like to be in there you know but it's almost like he forgot you know like you're throwing these comments out i'm like dude (laughs) that shit sucks like you know like you know that shit sucks like he's getting his ass kicked you know uh, you know but like he kind of tried to course correct when he was saying that stuff but it's it's funny because you know he did when he did go down and try to get that body triangle off it's just i mean it's easier said than done is mm-hmm. what i guess what i'm saying but man dude yeah i didn't know anything about brady and it's it was interesting to see him kind of just dominate him um and how old is brady is brady just a younger guy is that what it is because i mean sometimes that just might be the case these guys are just more ferocious because they're younger you know i'll look it up right now that fight got brady ranked now he's at 14. yeah so good for him um he is 28 so yeah he's a young dude but mike kies is not that old actually yeah he might be i think he's in 30 something let's see yeah he's 33. there might be some of that there's a little bit of that you know once you kind of get to in the 30s it also depends on how much damage your body has taken Mm -hmm. over the years you know you could you know you could be like i don't know you could be a young old man you know just because you haven't got a lot of damage on you yeah moving on here let's get into the fight night on september on uh september on saturday <laughs> this <laughs> on saturday december 4th it's ufc on espn uh number 31 and that will be with font versus aldo on the rest of the card you know it's another one of those where there's a lot of guys on here i don't know who they are 
this is uh, this card is shaping up by the way to be much better than the last one but in general i think i think it's going to be a good card you think so yeah there's a few fights that i'm excited to see that are going to be bangers i mean clay guido always brings it i mean i don't care how old that guy he's a freaking animal but like well he's fighting someone older than him actually are you serious yeah dude leonardo santos i think he's gonna be 42 in like a month (laughs) (laughs) that dude looks young at least yeah well like you just said he's has uh, he's taken a lot less damage than clay guida has so even though he's three years older well two and a half years older than clay guida he looks significantly younger yeah yeah dude so that's gonna be a banger man just two old guys yeah there's (laughs) <laughs> neither one of these guys has like title aspirations you yeah. know so i they might just let it all out oh is is santos one of those like sit in the pocket and and you know just club each other in the head kind of guy yeah so if santos wins it'll be by knockout Damn. Uh, play guido wins it'll be like by a submission or decision or something mm. but i don't know I, it's gonna be crazy guido's gonna have his hair all over the place <laughs> You know, he's no full caveman. Yeah, that is awesome. I saw him once. Uh, well, I mean, you've seen, I'm sure you've seen his mom, but like we've been to like UFC fight nights or fights here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I've seen his mom. And like <laughs> me and my cousin Danny, we were like at, at a UFC fight. And Clay, like there was this woman, this older lady, like cheering for Clay Guida at a fight. And she's like, ah, oh, Clay, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, you know, like my, my cousin was like, yeah, Clay. And then she turned around and she's like, that's my son. And I'm like, that's Clay Guido's mom. <laughs> she, Wait, she was did, like, go ahead. Did she look like him? I mean, for no, her sake, I hope not. No, she was a pretty lady, you know, just older. Okay. You know? But yeah. it was just like, whoa, that's, that's Clay Guido's mom. And she was like, super cool. She's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so Ooh, like, that's awesome. Yeah, she was, she, she was fun. It's interesting because uh, I think the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. Uh, I think everybody in their family is probably a little wild. Mm-hmm. You know? But uh, who else are you looking forward to on this fight card? Uh, I, you know, genuinely, I think the fight of the night is going to be Brad Riddell versus Rafael Fizev. Fizev, that's how you say it. Fizev. Um, I think you're going to be excited to watch this fight. You might not know too much about these guys, but these guys are both like Muay Thai legends is how I would. Yeah. They both came out of tiger Muay Thai, um, in Thailand and they're both currently trainers actually. And they're, they've bounced around from different gyms. They're both at different gyms right now, but both are currently either kick do the kickbox training or the Muay Thai training at their gym. These guys have kind of been circling each other for like the last decade Uh and somehow they never fought each other. So this is like a ridiculous fight. That's finally going to happen. While they're both like legends of Muay Thai, they have very different types of Muay Thai. Uh It's it's like Brad Riddell, as he's gotten older, has become more of like a boxer. Okay. Uh, Especially now since he kind of focuses more on kickboxing. So he's got more of like a traditional boxing stance. And, you know, uh, he comes at you uh, kind of in a straight line almost. More like a straightforward boxer. While Fiziev, Fiziev, God, I'm going to keep pronouncing that wrong. Fiziev is more of like a relies on long range attacks has super powerful kicks, like just ridiculous kicks. Um, yeah. And he's just going to be blasting those. So it's kind of, it's going to be cool to see how they clash finally. 
which of the two styles wins out on this one. That's interesting. I'll be interested mm-hmm. to see how they apply the Muay Thai too, because in, in Thailand, the way they judge fights and stuff has changed over the years, or at least from my understanding, the clinch, the Thai clinch and the, and the trips have been like a huge thing. If you watch actual Muay Thai fights, those get a lot of attention. Like, you know, they get, they get scored really high, you know, the Thai clinch very useful, but mm-hmm. in, in MMA, you can't really like the tight clinch is only a piece of the giant game that is part of the clinch, especially when it comes up to being on the cage and stuff, which I have very little knowledge. I'll I'll admit only because I've boxed, I've kickboxed and I've done jujitsu, but I've never done all of the things together. Mm-hmm. So I even wrestled in high school, but I've never I've never done MMA. So I don't know what the that's the one part of the game that i don't understand very well is the the work on the cage and to see these guys it'll be interesting because it'll be like what you're saying like i would like to see how they apply some of these more traditional pieces of muay thai and then to see them use it in the cage but like like i've never heard of these guys it sounds exciting dude you got me excited for that one yeah it's the coming event i think it'll be the fight of the night both of these guys i think have two or three fight of the night bonuses and they're past already behind them yeah i don't know there's gonna be a lot of bragging rights here between them since they both came out of the same gym they've known each other for a while they're both coaches right now so yeah there's a lot riding on this fight for them personally one of them will probably move up pretty high in the rankings afterwards so yeah it's gonna be good it's one of those fights though where like fiziv um while he throws with a ton of power he gasses out like his gas tank is really suspect. Mm. There's fights where you can see it. Like <laughs> round one, extremely explosive. The guy looks like a world beater. Round three, he's like huffing and puffing. He looks like he might pass out before the bell. You know. <laughs> but then there's other fights where he looks totally fine. So yeah. I, I don't know what, what to expect here. While Brad Riddell kind of keeps a steady pace throughout the entire fight. So if he can avoid like some ridiculously powerful shot from Fiziv, then I could see Brad Riddell winning this. And say in, in that regard too, Brad Riddell does attempt takedowns. He does have decent wrestling while Fiziv doesn't attempt takedowns. He defends them well, but once he's actually on the ground, uh, I could see Riddell taking advantage from down there. So if it stays standing up, I think Fiziv will get this. And if, this gets dragged out on the ground, a bunch of grappling, and I think Brad Riddell wins. Dude, I'm going to be upset if this ends up being like a wrestling match, dude. Dude, it's like going to suck, got, right? Yeah, because like you got two, like, <laughs> the, like you're you're building this up, like you got two awesome kill like killers. Yeah, and then they're gonna just they're gonna go from from being these awesome striking possible awesome fight of the night to just a drag out freaking <laughs> rust, wrestle fuck on the floor on the floor you know just lay and pray just lay and well they're probably going to just ground and pound each other to oblivion you know because i mean i don't know what their jujitsu is like you know mm-hmm. I, like i said i don't know anything about these guys but hopefully that doesn't happen hopefully it ends up being because i mean you know that happens you got the, it happens all the time man. it happens all the time you got these two awesome strikers they both know that they're really good strikers they know about each other and then you know like they just yeah. they just decide they want to be on the ground 
Or it's the opposite where you, where you have two world-class wrestlers and neither one of them wants to take the other down. (laughs) So you got two guys, world-class wrestlers instead have become mediocre strikers just for this one fight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want to show them that I can box. (laughs) Yeah. No, man. Okay, buddy. (laughs) Do what got you to the dance, man. Do what got you to the dance. Come on. I didn't know anything about that fight. Now I'm going to be looking forward to that one. I'll be shocked if it sucks. It won't. It better not. I'll be, I'll be, <laughs> they're going to hear from me on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I won't be invited back. If this sucks. And I'll lose my sponsorship, my spokesman <laughs> position. Spoke, your spokesman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I did my homework on uh, Rob Font. I looked him up. Oh, cool. I watched the fight that they had on, on YouTube. Now this guy, he's uh 34 where Jose Aldo's 35, right? Mm-hmm. I just, from my, from where I'm sitting, I don't see this cat beating Aldo. Like, I think mm-hmm. Aldo will probably run through him. He's, you know, I, I'm not saying he's not talented. If all the things are the same, uh, I think Aldo will win just because he's more explosive. Also, Aldo has the jujitsu black belt. This cat yes. only has a brown belt, right? Mm-hmm. His Muay Thai might be better. I don't think so, because from what I saw, you know, he doesn't seem as explosive as Aldo. And, you know, also, you know, it's a main event. It's going to be five rounds. Aldo has been there many times before. Maybe every time I I put out a favorite, maybe I I give him bad luck. But I think Aldo will win this one. You want me to sell you on fonts a little bit? Yeah, go for it. Convince me because I didn't. I don't think he he'll beat Aldo. Okay, Font is the kind of fighter that is good at everything, but doesn't really excel at one specific thing. Yeah, where there is there isn't a single thing where I'd be like he's the best in the UFC at that thing. Yeah. However, he is solid across the board in every single thing else. Mm. Um, he also has a good gas tank. He fights, he keeps the same pace throughout the entire fight. And one of the ways that I think he could possibly beat Aldo is Aldo is famously a slow starter. He likes to, you know, kind of feel the other guy out, gauge it a bit, and then he'll get going in the second and third round and on forward. Yeah. Um, and the one aspect of the fight that I think Font edges Aldo is his boxing. So like his Muay Thai and his straight boxing, I think he is better than Aldo, not by mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. They're close. So it kind of just depends on what Aldo we get. Because if Aldo wants to stand there in the pocket and just box, he'll lose. If Aldo remembers that he has one of the most vicious kicks in all of MMA, Aldo's going to win. Yeah. So here's, here's, here's some of the attributes that I think will, will, would win for Font. I, I, don't, I still don't think Font will win, but who knows. If there is something that he could use to his advantage – it would be his range and his height. He is 5'8", mm-hmm. an inch taller than, than Aldo, and he, is ha- he has a 71 and a half inch reach in comparison to Aldo. So he might be able to use that inch indifference to, to kind of, you know, edge, you know, edge over the fight. Because I don't know, maybe, you know, I still don't think, I, I agree with what, some of what you're saying, like he's, he's got a steady pace. 
Aldo starts slow. I remember that. And he then he burns real hot, mm-hmm. you know, but he kind of like he does it in the middle kind of. I don't know. I, I just. Uh, and if if this guy was maybe a younger guy, I would feel more confident about maybe him having an edge over Aldo. But he's he's just he's 34. Aldo's 35. I don't know. I think I still think Aldo will win. Aldo being a BGJ black belt, maybe if things get a little raw for him while they're while they're standing, Aldo can always try to take him down and rely on the jujitsu. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I would like to see Aldo use his jujitsu on uh, against this guy if that's the case. If its boxing is a little better than his, dude. I mean, I'd love to see Aldo use his jujitsu. It's like his striking is so good that he never goes to it, even yeah. though he, like. He's been a black belt forever, too. It's not even like a recent thing. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, who else is like that? Nate Diaz, who has, you know, world-class jiu-jitsu, yet you never see it from either Diaz brother. Um, and so it'd be cool. Yeah, and, and the Diaz brothers have really good jiu-jitsu. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculously good jiu-jitsu. You see it if sometimes they enter random tournaments or something or just training videos they put on, on uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. but never in the actual fights. Well, except that one time against McGregor. So <laughs> that, that was nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, I, I'm, I also am picking Aldo, but I think it's just because it's what I want to see. Yeah. Because if, if Aldo wins, I think it's a more exciting fight. That means that Aldo's using his kicks, possibly using his jujitsu. And I mean, you could see like Aldo pulling like kind of like a Jan Blahovich kind of a thing here where he's older. He hit a real rough patch and then somehow against all odds has managed to become a champion again. Yeah. Um, I think that's just a better story. I like Aldo more than I like font. So yeah, I'm going to be pulling for Aldo. And then if I had a bet, I would also bet on Aldo. Mm. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Cause um, Aldo lost like three in a row. Dude, so- he, he only won like one out of five fights or something in the race. He lost. In- recently no he's got a couple wins under his belt again yeah but again if you look at the people he lost to he lost to holloway twice holloway's not a scrub holloway i mean so i mean he's fighting top tier guys you know like so so, yeah he he lost to volkanovsky the current champion he lost to holloway twice he lost to peter yan who will be champion pretty soon uh I, i would make the argument that he is champion already um and then he also lost to marias who is constantly in the top three of that division. Yeah. So, so like, yeah, it's, you know, he's not listening. He's not losing his scrubs. Uh, I don't no. know. He's, he, yeah, I got Aldo for the win on this one. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be surprised if he loses the font. If, and, and you're right. You're right. It's Aldo's fight to lose. Yeah. That's how I would put it. Hopefully Aldo shows up. I don't think he, I, am, I don't know if he has a history of not showing up, but I think he'll take it. I think it's a it's a pretty good yeah. bet. And I mean, Aldo is just the more exciting fighter. Um, Font, if you look at his record, a bunch of his more recent fights have gone to decisions. Uh, while Aldo does have some decisions, but he also can get a KO, a TKO. He can get a sub. Um, and Aldo's just been the much more active fighter. Uh, I think Font fights about once a year. Aldo fought like five times, I think, since... Since More than pandem- that, actually. Since the pandemic, he's fought quite yeah. a bit. Mm-hmm. I, I actually saw that too. I was just like, "Damn, this dude's been fighting!" Like, you know, it's funny because I'm like, I haven't heard of Aldo for a while. 
And it's not like he's not been working. He's been at it. But here, get this. Yeah. So the odds are negative 150 for, for Font plus 130 for Aldo. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised with that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I well, there prob- you go. We're, we're picking an upset then. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, not by much, but yeah. Uh-huh. I should put a hundred bucks on, on Aldo. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's gonna I, it's gonna be a good fight. I'm excited for it. It's the kind of fight that would normally be on a pay-per-view. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be good. Well, yeah. And so who did you have for for the Viziv and Riddle fight? Riddell? Uh no, I I'm going I'm gonna go with Fiziv. 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 Yeah, I'm going with Fiziv. Those names are tough. Fizib, I know, man. They're hard. So you're going to go for Fiziv? Yeah, I, I think... I don't know. I don't know why I'm going with Fiziv. I just think he's going to get a knockout. I think it'll happen. Damn. Yeah. Calling it I, out I'm, now. I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah I'm calling it out. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I just want to see it after watching all those decisions last week, but... <laughs> I'm calling knockouts all night long. <laughs> so... um the odds have him at negative one twenty five, mm-hmm. so uh, or minus one twenty five. So um, whereas uh, Riddle is uh, plus plus one hundred five. Yeah, I mean these are all tight fights. So yeah, yeah. But I what mean, are the what are the odds for the Guida Santos fight? The Guida Santos plus one sixty for Guida, negative one ninety for Santos. Oh wow! Okay. That's that's a bigger line than I thought it would be. Yeah. Or yeah. I'm sorry, uh, minus 190. I keep saying negative. Minus yeah. 190 for, for Santos. Still not a lot, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, not, there's not huge margins on these. Well, maybe... Uh, well, for the, for the Allen Curtis fight, mm-hmm. uh, they have Allen for negative 365 and Curtis at, uh, at a plus 280. Oh, okay. Uh, I guess that's not too surprising. That fight should be decent. You think uh, so? Curtis. Yeah, Curtis, the action man. His fights are at least fun. The action man, that's his name? Yeah, that's his nickname. That's well, a dope name. Yeah, man. That guy, Curtis, relies on power. Like, he gets knockouts. And then Allen's the opposite. He relies on submission. So, Interesting. I, worst case scenario, Allen just takes him down and then subs him. But if it... You know, you can get a good mix going maybe for a couple rounds. But I, yeah, Allen's favorite, right? That's what you said? Yeah, Allen's the favorite. Yeah, because that's who I would pick to win this without looking at the odds. Yeah, minus 365 on Allen, plus 280 on, on, uh, on Curtis. Yeah, I don't think Curtis has ever even attempted a takedown. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I, I think I've seen two of his other fights, and I don't think I've ever seen him attempt a takedown. And I'm looking up his stats right now. Let's see. Yeah. Because I, I genuinely don't think he's attempted a takedown in the UFC. What is he? Is he a wrestler? Curtis? Yeah. Uh, uh, no, man. I think he's just like a straight boxer. He fights out of extreme couture. Oh, nice. He's on a six-fight win streak, though. So that's cool. It's weird. They don't seem to have any of the stats on, his, on, on the website for UFC. Yeah, you're right. His stats aren't here. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They have Allen, but they don't have they don't have Curtis on here. It's weird. Yeah, that's curious. Huh. Anyway. Yep. So that sounds like that fight will be fun. 
and maybe maybe kind of quick too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, any other thoughts on this card? Uh, no, I'm just I'm excited for it. I think it's gonna be good. You think so? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited for that co-main event. I got you excited. Yeah, you did. I don't know anything about those guys. I think that's why I'm excited. Like, like I don't. I have no idea how that's gonna play out. But just from what you described, Riddell stands there, kind of like a classic kickboxer kind of a stance, and then Kaziev just bounces around the entire time. Um, who's the Street Fighter character that does that? Just kind of bounces back and forth. Uh, I don't know. Probably I don't like a Ken or somebody, or yeah, something. I mean, you just or like McGregor, you know, McGregor used to do that a while uh-huh. back. Yeah, that's kind of what his fight stance is like. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see who wins out on that one. Now we interrupt the podcast to let you know that if you're building a website and you need a hosting service, Bluehost is definitely the way to go. If Especially if you're building it in uh, WordPress, for example. It's the hosting service I use for my website, the Flowro Podcast, and they're super dependable, never had a problem, easy to use. I highly recommend them. Make sure you use a referral link in the description so that Bluehost knows I sent you. Also, the music you're listening to here comes from Epidemic Sound. Now, Epidemic Sound is a great service which allows you to get licenses to music with a very affordable monthly plan. It's great. And you can get a 30-day free trial if you act now. With over 35,000 tracks and 90,000 sound effects, you will find all that you will need for your projects. When you head over to Epidemic Sound, make sure you use my referral link in the description so they know that I sent you. Now, I just recently started using Monday. Um, Monday.com has what they call a work operating system, a work OS. What it is is a work management software. It's more than just a to-do list. It allows you to work with teams. You can put timelines on things. It organizes your projects in a very easy to read dashboard and it's super customizable. I love it. Just started using it. Uh, I'm sharing it with my teams now. It's a great tool for you to use for your work, especially nowadays when we're working from home and we're a little more disconnected. We don't have the people in front of us to ask questions about what is this project? How are you doing on this? What's the timeline, et cetera, et cetera. So with Monday, it makes it very easy for you to kind of keep an eye on things. I love it. I love it. It's an amazing piece of software. I highly recommend it. And when you make your way over to monday.com, make sure you use my referral link in the description. Moving on. So you you were telling me about some up-and-comers, and mm-hmm. one that, that really stood out that you wanted to bring up was Hamzat, right? Yes. And yeah. I'm I'm trying to pronounce it how you told me to pronounce it. So like, <laughs> I'm not pretending like I know who this guy at, this guy is. I only heard, only heard of him because you brought him up, and I went and saw some of those videos you showed me. And dude, that guy is a freaking animal, dude. Mm-hmm. So like, where do you see this cat? First of all, why don't you describe some of the things that he does? All right, Hamza Chimev, um is a fucking monster <laughs> I, dude it's, so his first fight in the ufc was at uh one of the fight island 
fights. I think it was actually the very first uh, Fight Island event during the pandemic. He was, I mean, kind of well-known in the wrestling circle, in the wrestling community. Uh, but as far as MMA, he was like an unknown. Um, and they just tossed him in there because at the time, I think a lot of American fighters and like the Australian fighters, New Zealand fighters couldn't travel outside the country. So the UFC had to find like local fighters and he's one of the guys they found. And he went out there and he won in, I think a minute might've been less. I think he absorbed one strike the entire fight. Uh, afterwards, he literally said, I'll fight next week. And so the UFC let him fight again. I think two weeks after that came out, did it again (laughs) and said, I'll fight again. And then a couple weeks after that came out again and did it again. (laughs) Like it was absurd. That's a fucking animal, dude. Dude, those first three fights, you could watch all of, if you have four minutes, four (laughs) minutes of time, you can watch all three fights. That's That's how crazy it was. That's insane, dude. Yeah, like, you, you sent me mm-hmm. like a clip where they had like on YouTube where it was just all these, it was just like a highlight reel and it were all like start and start and fights, you know. But the the one I asked you about like was the one where he fought the uh, the Asian guy um, the from uh, Li, China, Li Jin, Jinling. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and I like that guy. That guy is he's good. He's good and he's tough. Like he hits hard. Like all these Chinese fighters I mentioned before. They hit hard, dude. Mm-hmm. And he made him look like a fucking amateur, bro. Bro, it looked like, you know, when you're when a big brother is like fighting his little brother, that's what it looked like. Exactly, dude. He big brothered his ass across bro. the fucking cage. And the crazy thing is, okay. So after those three fights that Hamza had, those three initial fights, he was on top of the world. Uh all of like MMA was a buzz talking about Hamzat. And then the dude got COVID and it almost ended him. Like that's how bad it was. He retired. He was in the hospital forever. That's how bad it was. He lost a ton of weight. Um, He, he retired not because he wanted to, he medically retired. Like people thought this guy would be lucky if he could, you know, walk around and jog again, let alone fight. Fuck. Managed to make, an, an absolute recovery, uh, which no one really saw coming. Um, so going into that Lee fight, this was his first time fighting someone that's ranked and Lee is legit. That guy is good. And he came out and once again, did what he did in those first three fights and did it even more emphatically than he did in those fights. He literally picked up Lee, carried him across the ring, plopped him down in front of the announcers and then talk shit to Dana White, held him there for a while, <laughs> got bored with that, picked him up again, and then plopped him in front of his own corner and was talking to his own coaches and then finished the fight. That's fucking nuts. Dude, here are the numbers for Hamzat right now. Hamzat has landed 242 strikes. <laughs> Hamzat has absorbed two strikes. In all his fights in the UFC. In all his fights in the UFC. 242 to two in all four of his fights. He has, he has absorbed one significant strike. That's it. He's four and zero in the UFC. He's 10 and zero in his career. You can watch all four of his UFC fights in about seven minutes. You know, um, I love this man. 
I fucking love this dude. This dude. fucking guy sounds awesome. He's fucking Jeez. awesome. I mean, I saw that that Ling fight that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. He he he, like he 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 like grabbed him, picked him up. I think he shot on him, mm-hmm. and they grabbed him, picked him up, and and Ling was like shit. You know, like he couldn't get out of it. I'm like, dude, yeah, man, just break the grip. Like, just you know, wrestler shit. Just stick your thumbs in the bear hug <laughs> and push out. Uh-huh. No, he he. It just I don't know if like the dude didn't have the wrestling knowledge or if just this guy was just so ridiculously strong and technical, but he made him look fucking amateur, man. It was like, he made him look like a fucking amateur. He's got freaky strength, dude. Well, I mean, I think it comes from that beard, dude. Like, you know, (laughs) the more beard you have, the more power you have. I think it's how it works. Kind of like, uh, was it Samson with his hair? Yeah, <laughs> if you cut off the hair, he loses the power. I think that's what you uh, got to do. I think that's how you depower this motherfucker. Yeah, shave, shave his, his beard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, he he seems like such a cool cat too, man. He's funny. Well, He's, yeah, here's that's the exciting thing about him is like a lot of these Dagestan based fighters, um, they're really dominant, but they don't really talk shit. Mm. They don't cut it up. They don't joke. They don't, you know shoot promos. They don't do any of that. Uh, Hamzat is more than happy to talk shit. He's more than happy to fuck around, say hilarious things, goofy off the wall stuff. I mean, just in the last week, you want to know who he's called out in the last week? Uh, a couple days ago, he called out DC. He wants to fight Daniel Cormier <laughs> in a wrestling match. And that takes balls because yeah. he called him out after Thanksgiving. So this is a post Thanksgiving DC yeah. Yeah. Probably weighs a good 120 pounds more than Hamza right now. Yeah. Calling out DC. Also called out Brock Lesnar. Yes. For a wrestling fight. Yeah. Yes. And he called out GSP too, just for fun, you know. Um, he he was talking about, I think I saw that. He did this thing where he was like, he wanted like a WrestleMania wrestle off, like mm-hmm. like winner take all, like battle royale thing. And he, and he <laughs> yeah. called out, he called out Brock Lesnar and he, all these cats. And I'm like, Dude, are, are you are you, you you gotta be kidding? <laughs> like, yeah, can't, like I don't know because he's kind of nuts, right? Like, I think he I think he's messing around, like he's joking. But if yeah. any of those guys had said, "All right, let's do it," I think he would show up. Like oh, he would sure. show up for this. Well, you you have to at that point, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like you can't like you talk all this mess. Now you got to show up and and you know walk the walk, right? But uh, yeah, dude, he just seems like a fun cat, dude. Because also like. He, it all doesn't, it doesn't seem, at least to me, doesn't seem mean spirited, mm-hmm. you know, it's all pretty funny, except for like the intimidating, scary, weird shit that he does where he like picks people up and talks shit to their trainers while he beats the shit out of their fighter. <laughs> you know? Like, oh. like that's, oh, dude, that is, that is next level mind fuckery, dude. I mean, remember, like, we talked about him, I think, like, the day after we filmed our last, or we made our last podcast, and I brought up to to check out Hamzat, and then, like, the next day, I'm like, oh, by the way, he also just did a random wrestling match yesterday against yeah. Jack Hermanson, he won that, I mean, that was more casual, Yeah. but Jack Hermanson fights at a weight class above Hamzat, yet watching that fight, Hamzat looked like the stronger, more explosive dude. Yeah. That's how absurd this guy is. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he did well. He did really well against him too. I don't know. That was a great. That was a a fun match to watch too. At least for me, like again, I wrestled in high school. I know a little bit about wrestling. Uh, this was freestyle wrestling, high school wrestling, yeah. folk style wrestling. So the rules are a little different. Mm-hmm. I didn't exactly understand. I don't understand completely how fo- uh, freestyle wrestling works. I don't like. Well, those announcers didn't seem to either. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I forget what the rules are. Like it, they're mm-hmm. not the same. But um, regardless, it was amazing to watch. This dude yeah, took man, him down, fun. threw him around. It was just like, damn. I mean, the other guy got, you know, got a few throws in too. It wasn't like all one sided, but, but still, it was a fun wrestling match to watch. I was like, damn, look at this guy, and he gets up, and it's like no big deal. Like he, <laughs> yeah, he, like he just had, like he was just like messing around, having fun. I like this guy's energy, dude. I enjoy, I enjoy fighters like this guy. He's just, I don't know what his like where he got that mindset mm-hmm. you know but he's just like full of he's got like life in him you know he's like loving it he's like loving it he's loving the fight game he's not putting on a show he's genuine and he's an ass kicker dude oh, dude i'm so happy you brought that guy <laughs> to my attention man because he was he's he i'm a huge Hamzat fan or Hamzat fan i can't wait to see more i mean that guy i mean he is oozing with star potential right now like i I don't even know what Dana White sees when he looks at this guy. Like, is it just like a giant money symbol walking towards him when he sees Hamzat? Because, well, here's the other crazy thing. You could talk about Hamzat's wrestling exploits all freaking day because that's how good of a wrestler he is. But his striking is also really good. Like, it doesn't make any sense when he even had the time to learn this striking or if it's purely instinctual. Uh But, like... We talked about it earlier. He's got a back and forth going with Colby Covington right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, John McCarthy, who ref for a long time, and now he does his own podcast, uh, he said in that fight that Hamza is the better striker. Like, he thinks Colby would be scared to stand against Hamza because that's how good Hamza's striking is. It's kind of nuts. Yeah, I, I would like to see that. I would like to see that. Oh, I, would I would like love to that see... fight. I don't know what would happen. I think... I I also think that Hamza would come up come off on top. I think Kobe is beginning to get a little too much damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, that last Kamar Usman fight, he got a lot of damage. I don't know. Maybe maybe Kobe maybe Kobe is is still. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Kobe's still at the top. I just don't like the cat. I'm gonna try yeah. not not to let that color my my thoughts in terms of like what kind of a fighter he is. I think he's still, you know, top tier fighting, like mm-hmm. uh, a top tier fighter, but I think he's coming, he's on the way down. Yeah. You know, I don't think he's going to go any higher anymore. And I think, I think a, an animal like Hamza would fucking eat this guy for breakfast or not breakfast, maybe lunch. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I mean, I hope so. Uh, I really want that fight to happen. And I think it's one of the few fights that makes sense because Hamzat is still only ranked 10th. And what keeps happening, especially in this division, um, it's one of the worst when it comes to how inactive a lot of the top guys are. Um, They're refusing to fight him because he's not ranked in the top five. Yet, (laughs) Kobe's coming off, he's coming off a loss. Two losses to the champion. 
Um, so this fight would be in Kobe's benefit. If he gets a win, he would get a lot of like attention for it and he could get shot right back up to the top of the division again off that win. However, I think Hamzat's too much, man, because Kobe's kind of small for that division. Actually, Hamzat is six to 170 and he has to cut significantly to get to 170. He's like he's got a guy. big frame. He's yeah. a big dude. I don't, I don't think Kobe can outstrike him and I don't think he can out wrestle him. So I don't really know how Kobe would win that fight. I would love to see Hamzat pick Kobe up, put him in a, on his corner, and yeah. talk shit to his trainers. <laughs> Dude. I, I don't mean, think he could do that. I don't think he could do that. To, honestly, I, I don't think Hamzat can actually nah, do that to Kobe. because Kobe's, Kobe's wrestling is too good. He'll yeah, get out. Yeah, he'll get out for that. He, he, he's going to know. You know. Yeah, he'll scramble. Or he'll break the bear hug or whatever that he did. To the other guys, because that's what is one of the things he'll he'll get a high crotch on them, or he'll get a bear hug on these guys, and then carry them across the fucking cage. Yeah, like Kobe will know how to get out of there. He'll get he'll be funky, or he'll break the grip, or whatever. You know, the only the only way I can see Kobe winning this is if he runs around a bunch and stretches the fight out. Because Hamzat's longest fight ever is like four minutes long, and this is Hamzat, you know, post COVID. And you've seen it across all the other sports where athletes post COVID, their cardio sucks. Like it takes them a while to get back to where they used to be. So who knows? I mean, Kobe's got an infinite gas tank as that's like his one really elite skill is his gas tank and the wrestling too. But if he can stretch this out to five rounds, who knows, who knows what Hamzat looks like after round three. That's a real good point. That's a real good point. And I actually don't see like, I think Kobe has the skills to stretch it out too against a guy like Hamzat. Like, I don't think that that fight is not going to end in the first round, you know, that fight. will, and if it's a main event, Kobe will make this guy go the five rounds. Mm -hmm. There's no way that it's going to, it's going to end even in three. If I were Kobe and I don't know, I have the, the bigger gas tank. I would just make it painful for the, for the other guy. Yeah. And just stretch it out for as long as I can. And then finish them, you know, mm-hmm. or, or just go to the decision and make it probably wouldn't even make it go to the decision. I would finish it like in the fifth round where the yeah. guy can't just can't go anymore. And and like you're saying, that's a real good point. Um, it didn't dawn on me before. Super good point. Because one of the uh, you know side effects post COVID is issues with breathing and stuff like that. There's all kinds of mm-hmm. other issues as well because of the breathing, neurological damage, stuff like that, because the lack yep. of oxygen. Uh, I think that would be really like a huge issue for, for Hamzat, but who knows maybe, cause I mean, I don't know. He just had a fight post COVID. Maybe, maybe he is okay. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, time will tell. Right. But even without the COVID factor, you're right. Kobe's gas tank is the one thing that he has over Hamzat and they don't, the one thing that he could probably use against them. Cause I mean, like you said, like this guy finishes everybody in the first round. Yeah. Except, except he, for Ling. I, he finished Lee in the, in the second round, I believe, but like early in the, in the second. Yeah. It was right at the beginning. There's just, there's no wasted motions when it comes to Hamzat. So I think if he gets a good hold of Kobe, he can finish it. It's just Kobe's talented enough at wrestling that he might be able to avoid that for more than a few rounds and really make Hamzat's cardio pay for it. 
So, so it, it would be good if it happens. Who mm-hmm. else did, could they possibly give him, though? So, like, there's Kobe, right? Mm-hmm. Who else could they possibly give Hamzat? Because, I mean, like, let's say let's say that, you know, we're playing matchmaker. Yeah. What are the options for, for Hamzat? Especially since we probably want this guy to go up and, sh- and shine. So, man, here's the problem that Hamzat's run into. He was scheduled to fight Leon Edwards three other times. The first time, Leon tested positive for COVID, so it got canceled. The second time, Hamzat tested positive for COVID, so it got canceled. It got rescheduled a third time, and then it came out that Hamzat is in the ER somewhere in Europe and might never fight again. So the third one got canceled. And then Leon uh, was scheduled to fight uh, Jorge Masvidal. And then that fight fell through. Uh, uh, Masvidal pulled out with an injury. He still hasn't said what the injury was. Kobe Covington is telling people that he heard that uh, Masvidal broke his ribs and cried like a little girl or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so Leon Edwards was without an opponent uh, and Hamzad offered to fight. He's like, I'll do it on three weeks' notice. I'll hop in there. More than ready to go for it. Leon Edwards yeah, turned that fight down. Yeah. So it seems like Leon Edwards is not interested in that fight. I think Leon Edwards wants to just wait out the competition until everyone ahead of him loses. And suddenly he's now the number one contender. (laughs) Like, it seems like that's how Leon Edwards has approached his career. Um, I I don't know mm -hmm. if you can fight a guy like Hamza in in a few days notice, man. Uh, No, I agree with that. You have to get ready for a guy like Hamza. Counterpoint to that. This would be the fourth time that fight would have been scheduled. So it's not like it's just a complete unknown to Leon Edwards. He's had camps for specifically Hamzat. So I don't know. But but I mean, still, if you were training that entire time to fight Jorge Masvidal, who fights very, very different than Hamzat, I could see why you're like, no, I'm not ready for that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Because, I mean, yeah, I don't know if I would take that fight, even if I had trained for the fight. I mean, because, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm fighting, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, if, if I were Leon Edwards, I, I think I'd do the same. Um, like, I don't know if Hamzat deserves to fight me. <laughs> he's he's I, ranked too low. <laughs> I, need, I need my full camp for Hamzat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was also a lot of rumblings of Gilbert Burns versus Hamzat, which I think would actually be a really good fight. Gilbert Burns, you know, has fantastic jujitsu. He's a great grappler, also really explosive. It'd be a great fight. And then in the end, um, they couldn't make it work, the numbers, uh-huh. to fight. Uh, Gilbert Burns is ranked number two. Hamzat is ranked 10th. So unless the UFC was willing to pay Gilbert a lot, he would be taking the, all the risk in taking that fight. So in the end, he turned it down too. And, and then after that, if you look at the rankings... The only other top guy would be like someone like Vicente Luque, but Luque's ranked fourth right now. He could just wait it out and end up being the next guy to fight against Kamara Usman. Um, then there's Steven Wonderboy Thompson. Would be an interesting fight. I think I think Wonderboy would lose. Uh, yeah. Hamza would take him down and just dominate him down there. And then and then you get some more like realistic fights, but they're not exciting. So then you would have someone like Neil Magny or Sean Brady, or Bilal Muhammad, um, or maybe even Chiesa, but we just saw him fight and lose. So I don't know why the UFC would schedule that. 
Um, yeah, he would probably lose this one too. Yeah. <laughs> um, the only way I don't see this Kobe Covington fight happening is Covington and Masvidal have been talking shit to each other for like two and a half years now. And the shit talking has ramped up again and just in time for them to film the next Ultimate Fighter. Oh. So there's a lot of rumors that Masvidal and Covington will be the next two coaches on Ultimate Fighter. So I'm pretty sure Covington would make a lot more money going that route than if he fought Hamza. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it all depends, right? We'll see what happens in terms of like if they actually end up being coaches because they're not coaches just yet, right? No, it hasn't been announced. Yeah. And if anything, Kobe might just be talking shit to Hamza to drive up his own price. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like Hamza doesn't have a place to, you know, he's not going to be able to get a fight. It sounds yeah. like like he's just going to keep fighting other guys. I don't blame some of these other fighters for being hesitant to take a fight with Hamza because they're probably going to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, the But your fighters, you know, like, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I know I was just saying just a minute ago that, you know, like I wouldn't take a fight either if, you know, if it was just a couple of weeks notice that I was going to fight Hamzat, you know, I would have to change my camp because again, because <laughs> I fight, you know, yeah. <laughs> no, but like, I don't, but you know, but your fighters, what happened to the, the Donald Cerrone type c- cat that will take a fight in a week's notice? Mm-hmm. You know, go in there and die on his shield or knock the guy out. You know, like, where are those cats? Why is everybody such a goddamn chicken? <laughs> you know, dude, and especially this division. It, this division is the worst. It's it's welterweight, and people are like, yeah, really stress on the weight part of that because the most active fighter in the entire division is Kamaru, Kamaru Usman, and the rest of the guys in the top five are barely fighting once a year. They are honestly all just waiting for the other guys to lose so then they, they get a turn to fight Usman. They, they don't want to take the, the chance of fighting someone else, losing, and then falling in the rankings again. So they're all just standing pat and waiting for, yeah. their, for their turn instead of actually you know earning it. It sucks. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think realistically it'll probably be like Neil Magny. It could be Sean Brady. I mean, we just saw him win on that fight night a week ago. Yeah. He was the guy with all the tattoos that beat Chiesa. I think that would be a good one fight. Of those. Yeah, be it'd be fight. fine. Yeah. It's not going to be at the top of uh, pay-per-view, like if yeah. he were fighting Covington. But, yeah. Yeah, and Magny would lose against him, too. I think so, too. Yeah. It's too bad. It's just, yeah. It just sounds like this guy's just going to, like, you know, just going to be waiting well, I mean, the same thing happened with Habib. Look how many, how many years it took him to finally get a title shot, even though the dude was undefeated and was doing all the things Hamzad's doing right now, yet no one wanted to fight him. People were ducking him. Yeah. Damn. Oh, that's awesome, dude. And so, <laughs> like, like and, and on top of that, like, right now he's taking all these low-name fights. He's not going to be making a lot of money. No. You know, no, he's not. I mean, like, what? What is like, especially a guy at his tier? Like, what are they? What are they paying a guy like that? Gosh, I don't know. Probably like thirty thousand to show, and then he might get a bonus 
from fight night or night of the or fight of the night or fight of night. finish of the night, whatever. He'll get a bonus off of that. But yeah, man, he's not making much. 30,000 dude. Yeah. That sucks ass. <laughs> dude, we want, we can have a whole other podcast about how the fighters should have a union by now. Did you yeah. see the UFC's latest earning report? No, I have not. It's the first time in UFC's entire history they've made over a billion dollars in one year. They made a billion dollars in nine months. That shit's not cool, man. Yeah. Like, Isn't that insane? You got all these fighters. Granted, you pay for medical bills and whatnot while, mm-hmm. while they're on contract. But you got, like, I forgot who it was. Uh, one of the female fighters that I follow on Instagram. She's like, I'm driving Uber. Yeah, I can't make enough to fight. I think it was Cat Zingano. Uh, yeah. And then same. Yeah, I don't know if it was Cat Zingano. I can't remember who it was. I don't know who it was, but it was it was somebody like that. And it was just like, Jesus Christ! Like, what the fuck, guys? You know, you have you have a legit fighter, fucking doing Uber. You know, she's got probably more followers and is more well known than half the people you'll that that is walking on the street and you got this freaking poor person driving uber and they're on your tv mm-hmm. you put them on on tv every what you know three months six months and god forbid they have a fight and then the fight gets canceled for whatever reason yeah there's there's trainers they can't pay there's the membership fees they can't pay there's food that they bought there's all this stuff that goes into getting prepared and then you don't fucking pay them. They got to pay their agent too. I don't. I don't know how these fighters do it. Truthfully, I mean, there was a fight. It was the guy that fought Sean O'Malley. Can't remember his name now. But when they were doing like the, what's it called? The YouTube show they do that leads up to these pay per views. The fight. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, when they followed him around, he was talking about how he was he was currently leading up to that fight, working sixty hours a week at a warehouse that was his day job six to seven days a week barely ever got any time to train was only able to go to this fight because he got his time off approved by his boss like i don't know this it's a crazy it's a crazy lifestyle and i don't it's inexcusable that the ufc makes this much money and shares so little of it with the fighters that makes no fucking sense dude that makes no fucking sense you got this cat getting his brains butt bashed in mm-hmm. for for you for your entertainment and you're not paying the fucking guy you know i mean like the ufc like when i get a pay-per-view that's 65 bucks or whatever it is mm-hmm. that's a lot of money man you you can't and all these people that are giving you money you can't give some of that to the man Fuck you, man. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Dude, like, there's like, there are NFL players that make a shit ton of money. And that's on free TV. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, what the hell, man? So, like, as you know, like, basketball is my sport. Uh, that's my number one. That's what I'm obsessed with. Um, really? MMA is number two. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, wow. I thought yeah, MMA I'm... was, like, your thing. No, no. I, I'm, I love MMA. Um, but... NBA basketball is a thing I've been obsessed with since I was like two years old. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, 
it's so stark when you look at the average salaries for an NBA player compared to a UFC fighter. You have guys in the NBA right now that won't play a single minute in the game. They just sit on the bench the entire time and they are guaranteed millionaires. They don't have to play whatsoever. They're just getting paid so they can practice against the good guys on the team pretty much. And they're the minimum salary contracts in the NBA is like two, three million bucks. Man, can I be a bench warmer? Right. You get to sit courtside, you know, you get to fly private all over the country and you get paid a few million bucks for your trouble. (laughs) It's nuts, dude. Yeah. You see, and then the worst part about it is that these cats, they have to like rely on being social media influencers to like make any kind of money. Like it's sad. And then, and way back when the UFC took away some of that influence by they took away their sponsors, man. That yeah, was insane. It's yeah. still insane. It's like, okay, you can't, you got to wear uniforms. You can't, you can't wear any of the sponsorship. Well, fucking pay them, man. Oh, dude, that's so fucking cruel. Dude. Or I mean, I don't recently understand. the UFC, they sold that sponsorship thing to uh, crypto.com and the UFC got, I think $150 million for that. 10 years, $150 million so that the fighters all have to wear those shirts that say crypto.com during the walkouts. The fighters don't get a single penny from that, not a single cent. Yet they're not allowed to have sponsors on their shorts or, you know, walk out wearing like a a t-shirt in their walkout for some other company or whatever. Um, They're not allowed to do any of that. It's insane. Just, just pay them. I just don't get it. Just pay them. Isn't, isn't it crazy? Like, you hear these fighters that have fought both for the UFC and Bellator and they all make way more money for Bellator. When how many people do you know that actually watch Bellator compared to the UFC? Yeah. There's no reason for it. There's, there's no reason for it. There there's there. I mean, it's just greed. And the worst part about it is some of these cats, they could probably be boxers and make way more. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, that's why they all want to be boxers. Yeah. It's just it just happens that you know they're good at Muay Thai or they're good at wrestling or they're good at whatever and they yeah. don't have that skill set. But boxing still makes tons of money. Boxing still still makes a lot of money for these fighters. Which again doesn't. I mean, well, boxing has more of a fifty fifty or more actually uh, earnings sharing with the actual fighters. Unlike the UFC, I think the UFC fighters get like ten percent of the earnings. While in boxing, someone like Mayweather gets like 80 something percent. Well, actually, with Mayweather, it's 100 percent because he uses his own, he has his own promotion he goes through. But the other big name fighters, I mean, it's absurd. It's absurd how much money Canelo makes in a year. Well, okay. Like Canelo's last fight, the guy that lost to Canelo, him alone made three times the amount of all the fighters on that Usman card combined. I think all those fighters on that Usman card made like $3.4 million if you took all their all the money they made that night. And the guy that fought Canelo made $10 million to lose, to lose to Canelo. <sighs> That's so fucked up. I mean, good for, good for that guy. Yeah. But fuck, man. Yeah, fuck. Man. It's, it's, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. So what is the reason that these guys are not getting the money? Like, what is it? Is it just Dana's hogging it all or is there's legit yeah. fees or there's no, no, that- no. 
it's just sheer greed on the part of Dana White and the company that owns the UFC right now. Um, there's, there's no other reason for it. Unless the fighters force them to pay them more, they're not going to. They have absolutely no incentive to pay these fighters more because the UFC is the number one MMA company in the world. All the best fighters want to fight at the UFC. So they have no real competition to have to bid against for these fighters. And the fighters, for whatever reason, refuse to band together and make a union and actually come up with a collective bargaining agreement. So it's not going to change. It's just not. And the UFC operates like Amazon, kind of, where if fighters start talking about wanting a union, they don't get scheduled fights anymore or they get cut. And then you have the top fighters who every now and then will claim they want to start a union. So then the UFC will just pay them a bunch for one fight. And then they shut up about that union thing. Then they're happy. They don't say a damn thing about it again. And it's not like they're paying them a lot. No. The only, the only right. one who's getting any kind of money is McGregor. And I don't yeah. understand it. McGregor and then Habib towards the end. Yeah. That's well, before I forget, one of the other fighters we talked about a little on the last pod, Islam Makichev. Remember uh-huh. the guy that's like uh, Khabib's uh, protege? Yeah. He finally has he has his fight scheduled. It's going to be against Benil Derouche. Mm-hmm. And what, what class and is he fighting at? The same one as Dustin Poirier. So Dustin and uh, Charles Oliveira are fighting for the championship. It's pretty much already been decided that Justin Gaethje has the next title shot. So he's going to fight the winner of Dustin and Charles Oliveira. And then Islam and Benil Derouche are going to fight and they'll be the next title contender. Whoever wins that fight. Mm. I got to check. I still haven't checked out Islam. That's the one guy that I needed to look at too, but I was too busy like digging on all the nonsense from uh, Hazmat or ha- ha- <laughs> Hazmat. <laughs> yeah, Hazmat. <laughs> Hazmat. I mean, that makes it's a perfect nickname for him. <laughs> Him, Hamzat, Hamzat. Uh, but yeah, no, dude. Like, uh, yeah, no, I haven't seen any of Islam, but you say he fights just like Khabib. Khabib. Huh? Yeah, uh, Islam's an exciting fighter. He, okay, so he's, his wrestling, when it comes to technique, is actually a little bit better than Khabib. Hmm. But he doesn't have that same explosive, explosiveness and power that Khabib does. So while the technique is crisp, it's perfect. He's not as good at finishing and, you know, smashing as Habib was. However, on the feet, his striking is better than Habib's was. So while it's kind of like he's a less explosive version of Habib, but almost as dominant. He, I mean, he's really good. The guy's really talented and he's, he's only getting better. I don't know if he'll ever get as good as Habib was, but he's the closest thing we have to him right now. That's nice. I got to check that out. I'm going to have to check mm-hmm. him out. Um. Yeah. So how many how many fights does he have in the in the UFC so far? He's really he's like new. Yeah, relatively. I think he's like on a six or seven fight win streak right now. And I'll look Shit. it up. Yeah, he only has one loss. Um, is yeah, he's on a nine fight win streak. Three by knockout. He has nine submissions. Why can't I see his overall record? Here you go. He's 20 and one. And then 21. The UFC. I think he has 10 fights in the UFC. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, he's is he, he's thirty years old, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's thirty. That same sambo style as we. And then he fights out of AKA. So same gym as like DC and all those guys. Yeah, he's he's right there with with Habib too. Mm-hmm. Again, like he hasn't fought a ton of big names, but just like with Habib and Hamzat, the big names have been avoiding him. It looks like Sambo is becoming the next thing, man. Like you know how dude, it's yeah. You know, like, it was jujitsu and then wrestling, and now it seems to be sambo that no one has been able to figure out. Yeah, but it's just combat sambo is like a marriage of striking and wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's so interesting. It's just so fascinating. I, I I'll like I pick up some training videos on sambo and stuff just to kind of you know get an understanding of it. It's it's weird because they, they seem to have so much knowledge, right? And it's just because, you know, it's old, right? Like the, yeah. like some of these things they've been passed down and, and just kind of like been refined and combat sambo is one of those. It's just weird to see them fight with the, with the gi on, <laughs> you know, cause they, then they have like, they have like re- a wrestling signal underneath. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they got, yeah, the, they do the gi top and it's just like what what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) uh i don't know if you're gonna watch an islam fight i'm trying to think of what would be a good one to fight to watch the one against drew dober was interesting because i don't know if you've watched drew dober before but he's all he was a young and -and up-and-coming fighter too um this fight was from march so was that like eight months ago um anyway drew dober is another powerful fighter good all-around fighter has a good grappling good ground game and also explosive so this was an interesting fight for islam to see how he handles someone that has really good takedown defense and is even more explosive than he is and he just fucking dominated him afterwards when they asked drew dober about it his reaction was literally like what the fuck was that (laughs) he was like speechless like he because uh, I think Drew Dober has his own podcast or he goes on a podcast all the time. Uh-huh. So if you can find it, him talking about that fight, he was just like, dude, I don't even know how to describe that. He's like, I couldn't get him off me. It was it was crazy. That's hilarious, dude. Yeah, yeah. it looks like it happened in UFC 259 and Drew Dober lost um, by way of arm triangle or head and arm yeah. choke, as they would call it. That sucks, dude. To, to be smothered like that, dude, that shit. Ugh. When I was in high school, like, you know, eventually in my, like, when I got a little older, I got a little bigger, of course, right? So you end up mm-hmm. going up in weight classes. I ended up wrestling with some of the heavyweights, right? But I was like a small heavyweight, right? Like, I should have just lost the weight and got down to the next weight class. Because <laughs> the, the boys in fucking heavyweight were big people man they come on top of you they there was one guy dude. He, he put his belly in my face i was like suffocating dude <laughs> i was just like flapping around like i can't imagine feeling like that again dude like i that doesn't yeah. that doesn't happen too often with jujitsu like like i mean i do get 
smashed, but I get smashed. You know, I don't get smothered. You know, usually, <laughs> unless a, like a really giant guy comes in. You know, but uh, dude, I can't imagine being just like and and by a person your size. Yeah, just feeling like you can't get them off of you. Fuck, dude. And I mean, this Drew Dober dude is—he's jacked. Like yeah. he's a strong freaking guy. Yeah. It, it didn't make a difference. <laughs> it was pretty wild, actually. Um, not not UFC related. Did you did you watch the Teofimo Lopez fight, the boxing fight? No, but I heard about that cat. So Dude, um, yeah. uh, he's he's an interesting guy, that Teofimo. Him and his dad. Yeah, uh, his dad is. I don't know, man. He really ghetto, right? <laughs> Yeah, and the son almost seems a little more chill than his dad, but I did not see the fight. What happened? Uh, it was a good fight. I mean, did he win? Was he was the heavy favorite? He's uh-huh. the unified champion at lightweight, and uh, did not respect the. He was fighting this guy named George Cambosis, um, and Teofimo lost, dude. Really? Oh yeah, George Cambosis gave it to him, dude. At the end of the fight, like. <laughs> If you did not watch the fight and you just tuned in to the very end, just by the looks on their faces, you would be like, oh, yeah, all right, Cambosa's won. That's how bad Teofimo looked. But the hilarious thing was afterwards, Teofimo was pissed off, claiming he was robbed. He won the fight. But his face is, like, all jacked up. Like, so it just <laughs> looked and sounded ridiculous. Yeah. It was a close fight. It was a close fight. No one's denying that. But Teofimo is arguing that he won 10 or 11 of those rounds. Like, just... Talking nonsense, man. The exact opposite of winning with grace or losing with grace, you know? Yeah, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. I mean, come on. I mean, look at those two. Him and his dad. Yeah, uh, no. Just senior and junior. They're just, they're ridiculous. Yeah, dude. Ah, just, mm. that's a weird name too, Diofimo. I never heard of it until I've I. I've never heard it either, man. Until I heard about this cat, but. It was a good fight. They were like going at it. It was, it was like a street fight. Yeah. It was good. It was a good fight. Yeah, but I had Cambosas winning at the end. Like, I was not surprised at all by that decision. Where did you find that fight? Is that on ESPN2 or? No, I think it was on Showtime. Okay. Um, I'll go dig it I, Yeah, I found it online somewhere. I got to go check it out. I saw the, the stuff on social and I was like, uh, I don't know. I'm going to leave it alone. Maybe I'll go check it out. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, because there's only so much, right? And, I know, and, man. And I didn't want to like dig into Teofimo and then go down another rabbit hole. Yeah. Especially like when I'm at work, you know, like I'm at work and then all of a sudden <laughs> I'm like, Ooh, Teofimo. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going yeah. to leave it, leave it nah. alone. I'll, I'll pay attention to it later. You know, I used to pay attention to boxing more than UFC. This is a while back now, but I don't know. At this point, I think I only tune in for the really big fights and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And then even then sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll see them pop up. And if I get a chance, I'll try to watch it. Like I knew, yeah. I knew Canelo was fighting the same night as the as that one fight night that that was going on. Mm-hmm. But I had people coming over. I'm not gonna watch this fight and watch, you know, Wei Li, you know, Zhang fight, you know, Rose Namajunas. You know, I'm not gonna do what Dana did. You know, <laughs> Dude, that's a bad look. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, for Dana, yeah. For me, it yeah. would have just been wacky. My wife would have been like, what are you doing? Paying for two fights? Yeah. Well, did you see how much Dana bet on that fight? 
know how much did that fucker so bet. not only did he watch the boxing fight instead of his own promotions fights but he also bet a hundred grand on it he bet a hundred grand on canelo which he he won i think yeah. he made something like he didn't win much off of it but like 40 grand because canelo was the heavy favorite so dana won dana got paid more money than the two women that were fighting while he was watching that fight are you fucking kidding me, man? <laughs> Isn't that insane? Don't tell me yeah, shit man. like that, man. Fuck it. That just yeah, makes me dude. crazy. Dude, make me president of that fucking uh, fighters union, dude. I'm fucking... Man. That's not great. cool, man. Yeah. That's not cool, man. That's so disrespectful, man. Like, I mean, I get it. He's a huge fight fan. That guy loves fighting more than anybody. Mm-hmm. But that's nuts, man. That's absolutely. what he used to be. He used to do like uh boxer sizing or whatever. What was that called? Remember that in the nineties? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't know if he was. I think he was. A, I could have sworn he was an actual legit boxing coach. No man, look him up. He was doing like Taibo or some shit, like Billy <laughs> Blanks kind of shit. I'm not even no, kidding. Dude. Are you serious? Yeah, man. And like you know, like wearing like the spandex shit, like doing like the cardio boxing I, there, there was a name for it i can't jazzercise maybe i don't fucking know jazzercise okay man you're making me look this up hold up just yeah, real quick look it up dana white boxing coach please please don't please tell me you're wrong man please no don't tell me he's a oh that is sad bro. did you find it what'd you find dude it's boxer like the, size right <laughs> It's the first fucking thing that comes up when you Google this motherfucker. I put Dana White boxing coach and there's a big picture of his, you know, bald head. And then yeah. right next to it, there's him with a microphone. Yeah. I just pulled it up too. And a you bunch of a- like old ladies behind. Him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's fucking, he's like teaching boxing. He's like, oh, dude, like, oh, this is so fucking lame. Yeah, man, that you're guy the, is almost a billionaire now. You're the fucking, and you're the head of the UFC. You're so lame. <laughs> oh, dude. dude, that's not cool, man. There's a hundred thousand people who, who would who would look better doing this. Yeah. And instead, it's this cat, this cat who who used to teach boxer size. Look how many sizes his head has grown since then. Yeah. It's it's unfortunately something that happens with age. You just head just yeah, it just gets to, bigger. I don't know about to this extent, man. It looks like a juicy ripe tomato. <laughs> yeah. Uh well, I mean, I don't know, man. He's managed to make all this fucking money. Yeah, he did. No I, doubt about that. I mean, you can't take that away from him. However unscrupulous some of his practices are. <laughs> fuck. Jazz well, there. Boxer size. The That's fuck? a fun fact. <laughs> it's not fun, man. That's fucking awful, man. <laughs> I, I wish. <laughs> like, I wish I didn't know this. I wish. I, yeah. I thought he was like a boxing coach, dude. I could have sworn because he was like, I know. Can't remember. I made him might have been Rogan's podcast or I don't know who somebody else's podcast, but he was talking about, he owned a boxing gym and that, Mm -hmm. you know, that he, you know, he 
taught boxing and then that's that's where he got his start in the in the boxing game you know like look, look the other thing too is like okay i'm, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here okay right? i'm gonna cut this guy some slack because first of all you know he's a millionaire he's probably done a lot of things to get to where he's gotten you know mm-hmm. this is a smart cat so i'm gonna i'm gonna try to figure this out here because when you own a little boxing gym and I never owned a boxing gym, I've been in boxing gyms and there, there was one boxing gym, uh, where I used to own a condo and I would go to this boxing gym cause it's the only place I felt comfortable going to. Right. So there was this little boxing gym in the middle of nowhere over on, the, like by the Pilsen area, right. In Chicago. Yeah. And so nobody knew it was there. It was in a bad spot to begin with. But there it was. So, you know, I would go in there and lift, hit the bag, etc. Call it a day. Eventually, I, you know, I I started sparring with some of the guys there, and I, you know, ended up finding the Golden Gloves, etc. But, but like, you know, a place like that, especially, needs revenue, right? Mm-hmm. You you're not going to get fighters out of every neighborhood, and even if you do. Not everybody's going to be fighting. I've been in gyms that have 900 students, right? Thousand students or whatever. Half of the students will show up part of the time. You'll have about 300 dedicated students coming to to the school throughout the, the week, right? Out of those thousands of students, you have a handful of actual fighters, guys who actually compete on the regular. You know, um, one guy told me once, he was like, we have 10 guys who fight. We have 1,000 students, 10 guys who fight. You're one of those 10 guys. And I'm like, whoa, are you serious? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Are you ser- yeah. like me? And like, yeah. of, and it's just like, there's got to be more. And he's like, nope. You're like one of the 10 people that fight out of this place. I'm like, dude, I only fought once too. Like, you know, it's not like, like what the fuck, you know, at that time, you know? Um, But it was just like, so if you, if you think about it that way, you know, you're going to have these gyms that need students, they need people to pay to keep the lights on and stuff like that. So that the other people in the gym who are fighters can actually practice there. Uh, Maybe that was the situation with him. Maybe he had a gym. Maybe he had some fighters that came and, you know, come and go, you know, because, like, you know, fighters come and go. Like students, like any anybody else. Like, maybe he needed, you know, he needed a revenue because, like, gym's not going to stay open by itself. If you have – because if you only have 10 fighters and nobody else in the gym – those guys are not gonna. Those ten guys are not gonna keep the lights on, you know. Yeah. Un- unless they're Teofimo and Canelo and whoever, you know. So like, I don't know, man. Unless you're like a wild card, like the wild card gym, where yeah. everybody's a fucking monster, you know. Have you ever seen that place? Have you ever been that place? Oh yeah, no, I've never been to it, but I mean, I've seen the dudes that come out of that place. Yeah, I I was actually there once. Oh no way. Yeah, but I was, was too, a, I was too what, afraid. I was too. You didn't afraid. go in. I poked my head in, and that was it. 
you see Manny Pacquiao or Freddie see, Roach? I saw a shit ton of people. That's all I saw. Gotcha. I didn't see like, walls lined with fucking belts. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. I saw like, but I was like, even that, like, I went in. I was like, <gasps> and then I left because I was like, <laughs> I don't deserve to be in here, and I left. Yeah. That's that's how intimidated I was. I should have like stuck around because. I guess I guess they do have people that just come in and go all the time, like you know, because mm -hmm. it's kind of almost. Uh, I guess it might be kind of touristy. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe it is now. Oh yeah, maybe they probably sell a lot of merch. Maybe I have no idea because, like I said, I stuck my head in and I was like, I can't believe I'm here, and then I left. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was like, I was broke at the time. I was like going around and stuff. Like anyway, yeah. well, sorry, but, um, dude. Yeah, so I'm thinking I'm cutting this guy some slack. I'm thinking he had, you know, he had a legit gym, maybe a small time gym, and jazzer size or boxer size and whatever other <laughs> yoga, whatever other thing that you can get people to come in for. He did. All right, that is that is a logical assessment of the situation. But I'm gonna continue to talk shit. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know it's a free country. You can go ahead and do that. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> Exercise your freedoms, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, um, this has been fun, man. Uh, let's, yeah. You, I think you got anything to plug? You're gonna plug anything this week? <laughs> No, I don't, but I do have, we are going to have a 100th episode. Uh, haven't decided what we're going to do exactly yet. Uh, okay. We're going to try to make a big deal. I don't know if you're interested, but if you're interested, yeah, sure. let me know. Cause yeah. We might get together here at my house and shoot video and actually do a podcast here. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Just let me know. Hopefully I can make it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how this goes. Cause I got something to plug. Oh, plug away. Yeah, I just thought of something. Uh, so my brother's fiance, Keisha, I think you met her maybe once. No, maybe. Uh, I don't think so. So she, she's a boxer too. No on way. And off again. Yeah, man. She's got a ridiculous story. She's, uh, she's a, a real she's boxer. She's a PhD. Yeah, she's a real boxer. Uh, she came in second in a gold gloves thing here in Chicago. Oh, yeah, shit. pretty good. Uh, late comer to boxing, but, you know, has some real talent for it. But she started a charity to teach young girls boxing and self-defense called the Fight Her Program. Uh, I think so. Yeah, Fight Her. Uh, and they're doing a lot of cool work. I have to find a link to the thing. So if you ever want to donate or get one of your you know, kids, someone has kids out there, they want to get involved with it. They're doing a lot of cool stuff. That's amazing, dude. Where is this at in Chicago? Yeah. Oh God. I think the gym is unanimous boxing where they hold the stuff. Um, I don't know if they're doing anything right now during the winter. I know during the summer they were doing a bunch of stuff, but here, let me see if I can look it up. Get the hell out of here. So he, you know, your brother's got a boxer girlfriend. Does your brother know how to fight? No, not even a little. Dude, that, be <laughs> that dude better learn. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just at least some defense. <laughs> Bro, yeah, and she's got she's got long reach. I, I, you're sure you never met her? I think you might have met her once, maybe, maybe not actually. I don't know. Uh, she's tall, dude. She's like I think like five ten, uh -huh. phenomenal shape. So I think she could take my brother. 
<laughs> Actually, there's no think about it. I think <laughs> that was a betting man. <laughs> okay, so now we're getting we're getting a brother and your and your and his fiance or a girlfriend to fight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Raymond yeah. would be really good at talking shit though. At least he got that going. <laughs> yeah, it's just that could go really wrong for him. You know, I mean, look at what happened with McGregor and Khabib, right? I mean, mm -hmm. she might just lose her mind and go after even his his trainers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be exactly like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll find like a link or something and I'll send it to you after this. Cool. No, I'll go ahead and yeah, send me the link. I'll put it in the description so people can find it. And I'll uh, if she's got like social media and stuff like that, send me that too. I'll I'll link it all up. So cool. you guys heard that. So. Uh, for you guys who are interested, it's a charity. You mm -hmm. she teaches people self-defense. You can donate to her cause and help a bunch of kids here in Chicago learn some self-defense. Yeah, it's awesome. They also do a lot of mentoring. Uh, I think they also help the girls find internships, stuff like that. Oh, that's a lot amazing. Of stuff. Yeah, it's really cool. Cool. All right, then, man. I'll make sure to put that in the description. Awesome, man. Thank you. Uh, this was uh, great as always. There you go. Yes, we'll yeah. do this again, man. Uh, probably we'll see what happens when we do another fight one. Because what's yeah. the next fight one? The next fight, the next fight this is, next weekend. This next weekend, Font, yeah, this coming weekend, Font Rosaldo, I think. Yeah, and but mm -hmm. when's the big UFC pay uh, pay per view event coming? Uh, the is week after that. Mm -hmm. So was that like December? Let's see. So and that's the Oliveira fight, right? Yeah, December eleven, I think. Yeah, that's the Poirier Oliveira fight. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, Oliveira it's gonna be a great card. Yeah, I think Oliveira will take that guy. We'll see. Oh, you all right, man? I'm going Poirier. Oh, you are. I'm going. Yeah, yeah, I'm going Dustin all day on that fight. But he's probably like he's one of my favorite fighters, so I'm biased. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll talk about that soon. Then. Thanks so much, Lechuga, for coming on. This is Edgar Traves. We'll catch you next time. All right, later, bro. Later. The music you're listening to is Got Real by Splasher. You can find them over at Epidemic Sound. Make sure you use my referral link in the description so that they know that I sent you. So if you guys have not checked out Hamza Chimaev, Lechuga's right. This guy is awesome. Uh, I'm so glad he brought this guy to my attention. I didn't know he existed. He is amazing. And the fact that he picks up people and carries them across the cage is hilarious. It's just, it must be a complete mind fuck but anyway uh i hope you like this episode we're gonna have more of these mma episodes lechuga thank you so much for coming on now like i said before lechuga doesn't want to have an instagram he's not much of a social media guy but he does want you to go check out the fight her project like lechuga said on the show the fight her project is a non-for-profit that teaches girls how to defend themselves also it has a mentorship component if you're interested in either supporting them or finding out more you can email the fight her project at fight her project at gmail.com or you can go to instagram and follow them on instagram under the name 
fight her underscore project. Don't worry, like I said, I'll have all this information and the GoFundMe in the description. Also, don't you forget to follow the show on Instagram under the name The Flow Roll. And you can follow me, Edgar Otraves, under the name Edgar Otraves on Instagram. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, follow, share, and press all the buttons that make the podcast gods happy. Thank you so much for listening. This is Edgar Otraves. You behave yourselves now. Laters. Laters.